Welcome to the MFA Made for Agriculture podcast. Here are your hosts, Adam Jones and Cameron Horine. Welcome to another episode of the Made for Agriculture podcast. My name is Adam Jones. And I'm Cameron Horine. And we're here today um, talking about the newest buzzword in the agriculture world anyway, uh, carbon credits. It seems like in the last six or nine months here, it kind of has transitioned from obscurity to the mainstream. Everybody's talking about it. And I think I think a reasonably small number of people actually kind of understand the whole market structure and, and what the marketplace looks like. And um, if you understood it six months ago, you probably don't understand it at this point in time because it, it seems to be rapidly evolving you know, uh, throughout the time here. So just as any emerging marketplace does. So our guest this morning, um, is is Clayton Light and conservation program director at Missouri Soy programs manager at Missouri okay. Soy and Missouri Corn. Okay, cool. You want to give us just kind of a forty five second background on you and kind of where you came from and your position there at Missouri Corn and Missouri Soybean? Yeah. So, uh, like Adam said, I'm Clayton Light, uh, Missouri. Missouri corn and Missouri soybean employee um, started there back in January, so still fairly new. Um, before that, I had a background in, in wildlife conservation with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Worked there for 13 years, um, so kind of came in to a partner role. Um, so it's a it's a partnership between the conservation department, um, NRCS, uh, Missouri corn and Missouri soybean. Um, so kind of working on all things conservation and, and one of the first things that was put on my plate was uh, carbon, the carbon market. So that yeah. was a big one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, excited to talk about this today. Sure. That's yeah. a big plate. It is a big plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, again, it just seems like one uh, that's getting bigger, you know, um, at the month at this point. And, and obviously part of that, and, and we'll try to stay as non-political as, as we can today, but obviously part of that with, uh, with an administration change that we had this past year and, and a, more of a focus on, on climate solutions and, and whatnot. And I think agriculture can play a fairly large role in some of those climate solutions. And so I think that's why a lot of these carbon markets have, have just exploded in, um, in participation and also marketing and things like that, you know, just in the last few months. Yes. Yep. So I think as we kind of get into this, uh, the word carbon credits or the phrase carbon credits is thrown around a whole lot. I think the first thing that we should probably do, and, and I'll let you uh, knock yourself out here, Clayton, uh, is is talk about kind of what is a carbon credit. Um, and that's a very loaded question that <laughs> that I understand, but we'll, tr- we'll try to get through it for sure. But if you want to just kind of go into to what is a carbon credit to start with and, and kind of why that's why that's kind of the backbone of, of what most of these programs are ran on. Yeah, so so right now, uh, climate change is, is big, um, so a lot of people are trying to figure out how do we offset our carbon footprint. Uh, so a way that, that companies and, and, and industry can do that is by purchasing a carbon credit because, you know, maybe there's no other way they can get their carbon footprint down. So that's kind of that's kind of driving a market for it, um, and, and the consumer is really wanting to buy product that is more um, friendly to the environment. So yeah. that's that's kind of driving this market right now. Um, so a farmer has a way to produce a, a carbon credit by by taking carbon um, CO two from the air and then putting it back into the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of how a carbon credit is uh, made. That's called carbon uh, car- sequestration. Sequestration. I think that is yeah. right. Um, so that that's what that is, and uh, that's kind of how they make their carbon credit. Um, mm-hmm. So then then 
the farmer can do certain practices, um, which we can get into that in a second, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. And then that will put carbon into the soil. Um, then, then there's a way that we have to figure out is, is getting a model developed to figure out how much carbon was actually put into the soil. Yeah. And, and that kind of opens a whole can of, of how do we do that. And then that credit needs to be certified, verified, and then it can be sold on the marketplace is kind of how that's yep. working right now. Yeah, that's a that's a good explanation. I think um, one thing to just kind of understand as far as when we, yeah, when you, you covered it well in, in talking about sequestration because that's really what we're talking about. And I, it goes back to, in my mind anyway, and this may be oversimplifying it as I sometimes try to do, but I think it goes back to, you know, third grade science and we're really talking about photosynthesis versus respiration. And so uh, if you think about it that way, you know, respiration typically burns carbon from the soil. Photosynthesis is going to sequester carbon into the soil. Yeah. And I know that's way oversimplified, but, but that's essentially. So basically all of these practices are either um, decreasing the amount of respiration going on in the soil or increasing the amount of, of photosynthesis, essentially. And then there's also uh, a little bit tied to a reduction um, of emissions as well. So, uh, on an, and, and in any of these conversations, I think we're, ha we're having here, we're obviously talking about agriculture, either livestock agriculture or row crop agriculture. And we can go into some of that, but, <clears throat> but we're, there are some emission reduction, uh, content to this as well. So if we say, you know, I know we mentioned that we weren't going to go into practices yet, but so say we said no till, okay, well, I think that some, you know, some carbon programs are quantifying the emissions reduction uh, from from going conventional tillage to, to no-till because we're burning less diesel fuel, those kind of things. If we start adjusting um, fertilizer rates or whatever, you know, we're also uh, decreasing emissions too. So th there's a little bit of that that goes into it as well, but I think at its core, it's, it's basically just like what you said, we're taking carbon out of the atmosphere uh, and put it in the soil. And we as agriculture, I think we are kind of in a unique position to be able to do that um, on a large scale versus some other industries. You know, um, we can make we can make some fine tuned practice changes and, and really increase the amount of sequestration that we see. Yeah, so, like like you were talking about, you can you know, a farmer can reduce their emissions uh, mm -hmm. by, you know, less passes across the field and 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 practice changes that way. Yep. Um, and a lot of times companies only have that option to reduce their fleet, um, to do stuff like that, to, to lower mm -hmm. their footprint. That's um, right. So, so that's where agriculture is in a very good position because not only can they do that, but they can also take it from the atmosphere and then put it into the soil. So, right. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> and I also want to cover as part of that, um, kind of like we've mentioned, you know, we've used the word sequestration that's, that's taking carbon out of the atmosphere and putting it in the soil. Um, the soil is a very major storage area for carbon, but we do have to maintain any practice that we mentioned here today, and I'm sure we'll cover it, but I just want to make sure I throw this out there. We do have to maintain that practice. Otherwise, um, that storage just gets reversed, put right back into the atmosphere. So, yes. you know, if we can, we can store a whole bunch of carbon in the soil, um, but if we do an immediate, immediate reversal on those practices that store carbon, we can burn through that very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where it gets a little confusing on the, the purchasing and selling side of the, the credits is yep. because uh, a lot of the, the people who are buying the credits want to make sure that credit is good and it is good for some years down the road. Uh, right, right. Um, so that's where it gets a little interesting. That's where some of the different 
platforms out there offer different things and 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 it really is what the 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 buyer wants yeah with that right now at the moment right so absolutely and so i think this is not the way i originally planned on uh going through this but i think <laughs> i think we probably need to just go ahead and and run through some of the practices that have been proven to this point to sequester carbon into the soil so you want to take a take a stab at running through kind of a list and and I think, you know, I mentioned earlier livestock and, and row crop, and I think there's a there's a place to play in both of those scenarios in Missouri for the long term. Most of the carbon markets currently, I think, are are pointed at row crop agriculture, um, and that's because the our I, I feel like that's because our science there is is better, yeah. uh, more proven, mm-hmm. uh, and so let's let's stick with those for now, and we can talk about maybe cover the livestock stuff a little bit later, but. Row crop practices uh, that have kind of been proven to uh, be carbon storage practices. Yeah, so um, some of the practices out there are definitely going to be your your main ones are going to be if you had conventional till, switching up your tillage. You can go uh, reduced till or you can go all the way to no till is going to be your best best chance um, or best way to store carbon. Uh, then then looking at cover crops, throwing a cover crop on the on the field in the fall and letting it grow over the winter. Um, so those are some of your big ones right mm-hmm. there because that, that has more potential um, there to store more carbon. Um, but you can also go into nutrient management, um, such as Adam mentioned kind of before with your, your fertilizer rates and timing. And feel free to jump in here, Adam, with yeah. some more of these so, practices. Right. So the, um, the, the note, you know, reducing tillage and the adding cover crops are, are kind of just direct relate right back to what we just talked about. You know, obviously anytime we've got a green plant out there growing, we're sequestering carbon into the soil. So the more time of the year that we can have a green plant growing, um, the, the better our sequestration is. I, I think, you know, adding wheat back to the rotation can be uh, a practice as well. And then as you go into the more of the fertilizer stuff, really what we're, what's, what's being quantified there is a lot of times either um, an enhanced efficiency of that fertilizer product or a reduction in the rate. Um, you know, we don't, a lot of times we don't see nitrogen, especially nitrogen fertilizers. Okay. That's essentially what they're talking about here. Essentially, we don't see those products until they're at the end product, right? We see a buggy full of urea sitting there, um, or we see a tank full of anhydrous. Those are very, very fossil fuel heavy produced, uh, materials. So basically it takes a lot of natural gas oil um, Mm -hmm. to create nitrogen fertilizer. And so if we can be more efficient with that or take a reduction in rate of those products, um, that's absolutely quantifiable from an emissions standpoint. Um, And so that's kind of why some of those nutrient management practices will qualify. Yeah, Yeah. not even only on that, on the nutrient management side, you know, but by reducing your rate, by utilizing stabilizers also in that form so that we can reduce the rate. We can reduce the rate, but still be able to maintain our yield goals by having the nitrogen that's available there. Because, you you know, you're thinking about, you know, your urea, you're putting on the ground. Well, you know, it's been wet here. Um, how much of that are we losing um, just from surface runoff, yeah. um, you know, sure. or from not having it stabilized and just loss on that? Too. Yeah, so denitrification, volatilization. If we can minimize those things, we're maximizing the right. you know, the use of our, our nitrogen that we're putting out there. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And I think this kind of goes into um, one thing I want to say real quick is just that most of these practices are relatively 
they're not super off the wall practices that we've got to do. You know, folks have been no-tilling since the seventies in some scenarios, um, or, or some version of that, whatever. I mean, these are agronomic practices, not, you know, um, so we're not making large changes, I guess, to the, to the, to the management sequence of real yeah, this crop production. Is really nothing new to the farmer no. out there. So no. They no. know these practices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been hammering home the nitrogen efficiency stuff for mm -hmm. decades. So, yep. I mean, again, it's just a matter of quantifying that um, for, for a carbon program. So, that was a really good segue. Um, I'm not usually very good at segues. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as we move forward then... Um, Let's talk a little bit about quantification. And so um, what is out or kind of a, how are these folks determining how much some of those carbon um, practices that we've just discussed are actually sequestering into the soil? How much carbon that's actually pulling out of the atmosphere? How, do, how does that process work? Is there like, is, is there some government agency that says this is what it is or how does all that play out? Yeah. So, so right now um, it, it, kind of varies between some of the the platforms out there but pretty much you got to do a soil sample and kind of see what's in there you want to look at what your baseline is so mm -hmm. so for example if you're a farmer who's doing conventional till um you know there's not going to be as much carbon in your soil um, if you're turning that soil over every year and, and preparing that seed bed that way so if you take a go out there and take a soil sample and, and stuff there's not going to be very much carbon in that soil um, so for for that example, then you switch to a, a let's just say no-till and cover crop on that on that acre of ground. You know the next year come back and sample it. It's going to get better. Uh, it goes into soil type as well. Is 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 it a sandier soil? Is it more clay in the soil? There's ways to store that more or less, and yep. and and ways as well. So uh, a lot of these uh, platforms are, are developing models. Uh, so their goal is to um, be able to uh, make a model that they can plug in the the situation your field might be in, such as a, the soil type, the the practice change that you're doing, and stuff like that. And then they can generate an idea of how much carbon you're putting in the soil that way. So so doing research on that, and there's been a lot of research done, um, is, is key to that to figure out how much carbon they're actually putting into the soil. Right. So kind of building on that you know I, and i know this is new you know this is new we're doing a lot of research and mo modeling on this but and you know we talked about buyers they want to make sure when they buy the credits that they're getting good quantifiable credits um you know how how long do we think this can you know kind of sustain or you know what are some of the models kind of going you know i feel like eventually the soil is only going to be able to sequester so much carbon um before you know we reach maximum capacity or you know, and I know, like I said, this is new, but is there a general idea of kind of what we're thinking on that piece? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I've kind of heard heard people mention that before. Me personally, I think that's a that's a good goal um, to have, but I yeah. it, it's going to take a long time to right. get there. Um, and I think a lot of it comes back to 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 what data do we have to back stuff up? You know, we don't have 50, 60, 70 years of carbon storage yes. data because nobody cared. Absolutely. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, Correct. <laughs> yeah. and I, I, like yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lot of new science. And so I think a lot of um, entities are, are, we can prove sequestration for five for 10 years. 
And after that, the, I think the limited data that exists out there that's more than 10 years old is pretty fuzzy. Yes. Um, yep. So it, I think there's, you know, there's seepage. There's a lot. So as you build life, carbon is life. You were made right. of carbon. As you build life into the soil, there's more flux there. Oh, I agree. So yes. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, let's, um, let's do this for five, ten years, yeah. and then let's just re-tear it back up. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's run a moldboard plow back through and yeah. start all yeah. over again. That's yeah. not, yeah. you know. But that, um, is, that is definitely a question I've heard a lot yeah. um, yes. in the, yeah. the four months I've been working on this. Is a, yeah. That is a question I've heard a lot. Yeah. Of, well, where, where's the end goal on yeah. this? So. And, the, and the market's not set up currently really to, to, to play to much of that. Um, I think that could change. You know, mm-hmm. I think... And we're, I'm sure, going to talk about this more, but I think the market could change to to better capture some of that. But I think currently, if you go on the open marketplace and want to sign your acres up for a carbon program, you're going to be looking at, at either a five or a ten year commitment. And I think that's because we've got the data to show that the models that Clayton mm-hmm. mentioned earlier are going to show sequestration over that period of time. We know that, so that's something that we could market. You know the yes the credit out there on the marketplace mm-hmm. too. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say too one thing that I've kind of noticed on is as the market's going to start growing because it seems like it's heading that way is so. is people are going to start asking a lot more questions. Yeah. Um, customer, you know, the consumers, the the from these companies. So a lot of the companies are making uh, goals uh, to go carbon yep. neutral by a certain date um, and things like that. So that's going to gener- generate a lot of questions of wait. Now you say you're doing this now. Prove it. So that's why these certified the the these credits have to hold up to people asking questions. Yes. Um, so that that that's big, and I think that kind of plays into it in the long run. Absolutely, too. that's a super good uh, point. I think you know in the in the, in the marketplace we are now, if you're a buyer of credits, you don't have a million different options out there. And I think five years from now, that's going to be significantly different. And so mm-hmm. I think at that point, you're going to be there's going to be some quality to the credit marketplace. Yes. Um, some, some that are, are backed a little better than others. And I think as that plays out, I feel like those, those premium credits that are, are backed by science and are backed, you know, kind of by mm-hmm. better data, more on the ground verification are, I feel like going to rise to the top. Um, and I sure think so. Uh, but there's no guarantees. Yeah, there's no guarantees. Uh, but, of that. but yeah, I mean, some of them were more pra- just practice changes and, yep. and stuff like yep. that you know out there which is good they're doing sure. good stuff but like we talked about there's really is there a way to prove it's in the soil for so many years absolutely um, so if you're doing a one-year two-year program you know it is generating credit right now and stuff but in the down the road in the future i don't know if those are going to be as worth as much as, yep. as some of these yep uh, yeah longer it's terms. just it's just like we've on our podcast with mike john when we talked about the food chain mm-hmm. you know People want to know where their food is coming from. They want yep. to know the whole yes. process behind. They want, they want knowledge. They, yep. I mean, this is, we're in a knowledge-driven um, generation now, where people want to know where things are coming from. For sure. Um, and they don't want to just say, "Hey, okay, I go to the grocery store to buy my beef. Okay, where did that beef come from?" And yep. I, I think we're going to see the same way with carbon credits. They're yes. going to want to know, yeah, where is it at? Where is it coming from? How and why? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and there are some standards out there that different companies run on. There's some, you know, there's some online uh, kind of, there are models currently that are more practice based. So I, I think as, as we go forward, uh, again, same, same as the credits, um, you know, just the credit, 
those standards, I think some of them are going to rise to the top and some may fade away just, yes. just as any evolving marketplace does. So who are the buyers? Clayton, I think, you know, that's something we ought to cover is, is once we generate a credit on an acre, say in Missouri, who's the, you know, who's the buyer of that, of that credit currently kind of out there in the market? Yeah. So, uh, companies such as like General Mills, ADM, Cargill, um, some of those, those are some big buyers, um, mm-hmm. right now out there. Um, and, and like I said, most of the time it's because they're, they set goals, Okay. As a as a company, and they're they're meeting their goals. They're trying to meet their goals that way. Right. Um, so, like we talked about, they can only reduce. Um, look at ways to reduce their their sure. trucking and and down the supply chain of of in their in their line of stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they can only reduce so far. So then, once they get to that point, they need to start figuring out other yeah. ways to reduce their carbon footprint. So that's kind of, that's kind of who's buying it. Um, right. Um, currently. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good, exactly. That's exactly right. At Walmart, you know, for example, can't just stop all the trucks running to their store. You yep. know, they can become more efficient. But they can't, you know, they still have to have trucks deliver mm-hmm. stuff to their store. Um, and those trucks burn diesel fuel currently. So uh, as, as they look to offset that, if they want to be net zero, then they've got to look outside of their organization for that carbon offset. And that, that's, a, yes. you know, that's kind of where this plays. I yep, feel like. Exactly. So, right. But, um, and what does the future hold for that? I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of an unknown at this point because, um, because yeah, maybe 20 years from now, Walmart's running all electric trucks and, and their carbon footprint significantly less. Maybe they need less offsets. Maybe, you know, maybe something yeah. changes. They need more. I think a lot, there's a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. there, obviously. So, and I don't think I know enough about all the carbon marketplaces to um, <laughs> to go into the details of all of them. Uh, I think uh, around the date, maybe Cameron does. <laughs> I don't. I, I know I don't. <laughs> um, I think we can cover uh, some of the high points. But first off, I think we ought to probably, in full disclosure, talk a little bit about uh, our partnership with with Missouri Soybean, Missouri Corn, and and kind of the. Um, the SMC carbon thing. So you want to kind of give the high level of that? Yeah, and then we that'd can kind of talk about some of the other markets too. But yeah, so uh, before you know, before I started at Missouri Soybean, mm-hmm. uh, Missouri Corn, uh, they were looking into the carbon space because that was like Adam said, is the buzz buzzword going around? And hey, well, we need to start figuring this out. Uh, so uh, we just didn't know much about it. So what, what better way to learn than just to dive in and start working with it? So um, they decided at Missouri Soybean um, and Missouri Corn decided they would like to do maybe a pilot in Missouri, mm-hmm. um, get Missouri farmers input, you know, as they're building stuff nationwide, let's, let's get Missouri farmers involved. Um, so that was kind of the idea behind it. Yep. Um, I know they did some, you know, whenever I got hired on, they, they've already decided which platform they're going with and, and things like that. So I wasn't involved in that uh, decision-making process right there but but they kind of looked around and said well you know what I think we're gonna go with uh, ESMC which is ecosystem service market consortium um, which is a mouthful um, so that's why um, we always (laughs) refer to it as ESMC Um, um, so they're a nonprofit group um, and and they got members um, members on the buyer side and the and the producer side which is Mm kind of neat Uh, their member list is growing bigger and bigger every day 
Uh, so anyways, uh, decided to go with that. Um, let's, let's get a pilot going here in Missouri. Um, so I think uh, Missouri Soybean and Missouri Corn became members last fall. Mm -hmm. The fall of uh, 20 is yep. when that would have been. Um, and then kind of started being involved in some meetings, stuff like that, and then, then decided to do a pilot in Missouri. Um, worked on a little bit and said, well, it'd be great to have some more partners um, involved. So um, working closely with MFA all the time, like we do, um, been working working with you all to, to become a member as well. So mm -hmm. that's whenever we, before we launched the pilot, uh, had MFA come on board with us and uh, uh, it's been great and, and started the pilot. I guess we launched it this spring of, right. of 21. Is, yep. It was in the works before that quite a ways, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to actually get it launched was uh, spring of, of 21. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're working with, uh, ESMC okay. and, uh, Missouri soybean, Missouri corn and MFA is all partnered on this. Um, uh, yeah. And we're, and we're in the same boat as you guys. I mean, we're, we're looking at the marketplace more of, we need to learn about this. Um, we feel like our member owners need to learn about this. And, and I think this was a good opportunity to, to kind of slide into the marketplace and, and kind of test the waters a little bit, figure out how our geographies play. Uh, in, mm -hmm. in the carbon sequestration. Obviously these practices is stuff a lot of our folks are doing anyway. So it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, and especially, you know, so much of our geography is Missouri. It lines up pretty well with what you guys are doing. So yeah, so in full disclosure, uh, both MFA Incorporated, Missouri Corn, Missouri Soybean are all members yes. of ESMC. So, and essentially they're looking at uh, the, the quantification processes that Clayton talked about earlier building out the models better and things like that. So if we can, if we can have a play in some of that, uh, in Missouri, I think that's a, that's a positive thing for, for everybody involved. ESMC is a very, uh, data backed credit system, crediting system, I guess. Yep. Um, there is a lot of verification that goes into, for example, the credits generated during our, our pilot project that we're doing very data backed. Uh, there are other marketplaces out there where, like you said, are more practice based, there is a difference in some of the marketplaces that you look to, to sign up for kind of on the, um, on the nation. And I know, you know, last fall there were some articles and, and there's some things published that showed all the carbon marketplaces and my goodness, since yes. then there's already, you know, a half a dozen more. So, yes. Um, but, but anyway, so if we yeah talk about ESMC, we talk about our pilot, that's kind of what we're talking yes. about um, there. Yeah. So, yeah, going into in the enrollment side of things with mm -hmm. it was, uh, kind of exciting because we honestly had no idea how much interest there'd be yeah. um, in something like this. So we set a goal of 5,000 acres uh, that was mostly focused around uh, logistical uh, <laughs> time frame sure. and and uh, the money that goes into the soil sampling yep. um, side of things. So so uh, kind of set that goal of 5,000 acres. Um, so we, we ran a couple articles uh, on, on the pilot that we're running. And within one week, I think we had uh, 14,000 acres that we, we could have enrolled yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, it was very popular. So um, once that, you know, we had to wind up cutting that back down. And once once farmers start entering their field, that, that number goes down. So sure. uh, currently we're still working on that number, but I think we're going to be right around 5,000 yep. um, acres and, and maybe around 7,000 uh, when we get done fully enrolling these fields um, in that. So that just showed us, you know, the interest 
in Missouri. Um, since then, obviously, people can still call. They still yep. look. They still read articles. Um, yep. Click on the link for for our pilot. And uh, right now, we have a wait list of over thirty producers. Um, I haven't counted up the acres because I've kind of stopped on on some of that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I would. It's it's yeah. quite high, and I don't think we'd have any problem enrolling quite a few acres. Quite a few more. For yes. Sure. Yeah. So and um, yeah, just in uh, so. If, if somebody's listening that is interested, um, it's mocarb www.mocarbonpilot.com. Yes, and they can enter their information, and that goes kind of straight to you. And and I'd still encourage folks to get on the wait list if they yes. if they're interested. Yeah, you know, and, and I tell everybody that's on the wait list. There's a chance we can get you in, yep. and I'll keep everybody updated with some emails. You know, yeah. it's, it's not going to be very many. I'm not going to blow up people's inboxes with emails. That's for sure. Right. I don't have the time to do that. But <laughs> but just to just to keep everybody updated on where the pilot is, where yep. it's going, in the loop on what's going on. Yes. Yep. So and if we find out anything new in the carbon space, I can throw it in an email and send it to everybody on that list. So yep. yep. So it is beneficial. I think the popularity and either tell me I'm right or I'm wrong here. But I think the popularity on that is there are a lot of unknowns in the carbon space. A lot of the companies running some of these carbon programs, even the company running the program is unknown. Yes. Um, so I think when entities such as Missouri Corn or Missouri Soybean or whoever, um, us, put something out there, we're more known and folks are a little more comfortable with talking to you and signing up for something than going onto an online platform and trying to navigate it themselves. Yes. Um, I think that connection to the grower is what is lacking in some of the other carbon market spaces. Yep. Yep. And I, you know, through this enrollment, and I'm sure you've uh, had this too, Adam, mm -hmm. is, is producers tell me, well, I trust you guys. Um, if you guys say something's good, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Um, plus they've also, some of these people have had, um, other companies come up and knock on their door yeah. and ask them, yeah. hey, would you like to enroll your acres into these pilots? And it kind of makes people nervous. Like, well, you know, why are yeah. you coming out? You know, what are you gaining off of this? So so there's a lot of questions, and some of those some of those platforms can be very good uh, yeah, for that sure. producer. Uh, but um, that was a number one. Well, it's a long-term commitment. Yes. You know, like what we just mm -hmm. said. You're talking of typically of, of, you know, our pilot's a little bit of a unicorn in that. It's mm -hmm. only, you know, it's only a year-by-year -year thing through the pilot yeah. process. But a lot of these are fairly long-term commitments. And if you're talking a company that you've never hardly heard of, um, what's the guarantee that that entity still exists 10 years from now when yes. they're supposed to be spending you checks? You yeah. know, so yeah. I think yeah. that's... Yeah, and, and like you said right there, that was probably the number one benefit yeah. Um, was the short contract because uh, people are willing, you know, uh, sign them up. We said, we're not guaranteeing a payment. Yeah. And I thought producers would be, well, we're not signing up for this, but they weren't. They were excited because they're like, well, let's get in, test yeah. it out. Yeah. We're only a year commitment, two years for this pilot, and uh, um, we can sign each year. So, yeah. so there's not much to lose by doing it for a couple years. And that, lets the market develop a little more. Um, so I think that is a big driving force too of, of why we had so much interest in yeah, it. Yeah, and it goes back to the fact that these are not super obscure practices. You know, like it's stuff that folks want to try anyway. Most folks 
most folks are generally, you know, trying to do their best with efficiency of tillage. They're trying to do their best with their, you know, nitrogen use efficiency. They're trying to inter- integrate cover crops where they yes. can because we can all see the positive effects of those on the landscape. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff guys want are wanting to do anyway. Um, and it's just a matter of, of, you know, getting in a program mm-hmm. that kind of lines up with that. Yes. So you mentioned a little bit about the payments. I feel like we should try to cover this as best we can. Obviously, just in full disclosure, our ESMC pilot is is a very outcome-driven marketplace. So, so the outcome from or the credit generation on on each acre is going to depend very highly on on what practices are implemented. Maybe what the baseline is. There's a lot of uh, unknowns yes. there. Yes. Yeah, and we're um, still learning a lot of that ourselves. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Typically, what's the payment range per acre on a on a carbon program currently? Um, and then we can talk about kind of where the future is there. Um, I'm always happy to look in my crystal ball. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's that's a really good question, uh, is the, the payment side yep. of things. Because I've heard anywhere from $9 an acre all the way up to $30 an acre. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of gets, there's a lot of questions that yep. producers need to be asking. And, and there's a lot of places out there getting up like fact sheets and stuff like that for producers to look at. So a lot of that's out, coming out there now and, and being yep. thrown out there, which is really good. But, you know, some of those that are maybe closer to that $40 an acre range is, is stacking water quality credits on as well. So that that would be two credits sold separately. And mm-hmm. I know we probably don't want to get into all that um, right now, <laughs> uh, yep. but there there is ways to do that. So you have to be careful if you're talking carbon, know what the carbon is for that that credit because they may be stacking something on which is great um that's a that's a great way to do it but that wouldn't be just strictly carbon because some of the other entities are just doing carbon so 15 bucks an acre i would say is probably average 20 15 20 bucks an acre right now Um, that's 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 exactly right and i think the um the price of carbon is is publicly traded or it's traded essentially Mm -hmm. Um, so that can change. You know, it could go to five dollars tomorrow. It could go to fifty dollars tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, but another thing to kind of watch for are you know a lot of folks, and I, and I had maybe I should maybe watch for is the wrong term here, but um, a lot of folks have put a floor in on their carbon program, saying price crashes. We're not going to let that happen to you. We're going to guarantee you at least X number of dollars per acre as long as you're in our program. And so I think be careful of um, what you are actually sequestering and what's essentially being subsidized by the entity that you've signed up with. Because yes. uh, I think there's a little bit of that going on out there. Folks have tried to make those floors look more attractive to growers just to get extra acres signed up. Because all of this is about aggregation, right? So one credit may not be worth anything, but if I've got a whole boatload of credits, then I've got something that's more easy for me to market essentially. Um, And so that's the way all those entities are looking at that. And so, you know, just, just watch a little bit on, on what's actually coming off your farm and what's being subsidized by the, um, by the market that you're participating in. That's a really good point. So kind of in that line, you know, we're talking about trading of carbon, you know, it's, you know, you know, the price of it, but also, Mm -hmm. like you said, if you have one carbon credit compared to 500 carbon credits or whatever, is there ability to kind of like bank credits? You know, people can start making credits and then they kind of wait for another year before they start selling their credits to build up their credits. 
you know, kind of playing that market game in case, like we said, you know, maybe they're $10 an acre, $10 a credit or whatever right now, but maybe, you know, it changes to 20. Where does that kind of, you know, playing the market game of, yeah. Does that make um, sense? I have been, you know, like everybody, you see articles and you read and stuff like that. Um, there is, there is some platforms out there that are saying, Hey, we'll, we'll make you credits. We're going to take a percentage of that credit credit or they'll charge a, a fee and then you can have the credit and you could sell it. I have seen I that you. in a few places. Most of them are doing it to where uh, the farmers producing the credit they sign up, they get a payment and then that credit is is the um, the platform's credit or whoever is yes. going to be generating it. Right. And then they can sell it to whoever, whoever they want. Like Adam said, once they get a bunch of them built up, they can sell it to that makes a sense. place. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, I, you can bank... Credits. The, yes. the thing to watch for in that scenario is typically, or the way the market's working right now, the most recent stuff is what's actually is what actually has value in the marketplace. So you got to think about who's purchasing that credit and when that credit was generated. And so, for now, you know, companies are very interested in what's happening 2021 and beyond. Right? They want to be a part of change on the in the agriculture space. And so if you've banked that credit for too long and it's five, 10 years old, at that point, I think the value of that credit is going to go down significantly because yes. of its age. And so I think that's the only thing mm-hmm. to watch for on, on banking credits. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. As part of the, the one thing we didn't cover there is, is as part of kind of the length of the contract of some of these things, we, we do have to worry about land tenure a little bit. And so I think that's something that these marketplaces are running into as they get into this market space um, is ensuring uh, control over that land for the length of contract. Most places are going to make you sign something up front saying that you have uh, control over that acre. Basically what I'm saying, the short answer to what I'm saying is this stuff is, um, it's a lot more clean on an owned acre that you are farming yourself than it is on a rented acre. You want yeah. you got anything to add to that there, Clayton? Um, yeah. And that's, that's a that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> because uh, anyways a lot of the like ESMC for example mm-hmm. is they're very lenient with that saying hey you know either you're the owner um, or you're the renter and yep. and whoever wants to generate the credit that's fine whoever wants to take you know take that is fine um, but we just need to have proof that 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 acre will stay in this practice for that long. So um, that's kind of lenient. I know, you know, I've heard other ways too, where, you know, that it isn't as attractive for renting ground and stuff like that, just because of that, because there's, is a risk of, can they keep this in there for 10 years um, when they do a year by year contract or or less? For sure. I mean, yeah. Some, I mean, just, yeah. 10 years, a long time. Yeah. Right. It is. (laughs) Like, I don't know. A lot of things change. 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, ownership can change. There's there's a lot at play there. So just that's that's one thing on all these contracts to to, to make sure you kind of clarify with with whoever um, the, about what happens mm-hmm. in those scenarios. And and I've in talking with you know individuals that I've worked with through our our pilot or whatever, um, I've kind of brought that up, saying you know, hey, you know, I don't know what your lease agreement currently looks like, but in the future, I feel like credit generation for carbon or water quality or whatever 
probably needs to be delineated in those leases just because yep. we don't want to run into something years down the road where landowners come back and say, hey, you, you know, you rented my farm for this, but you generated all these credits and then you sold them. How come I don't have a part in that? Yes. Um, yeah, that'd so. be best to be put out <laughs> yes. there right yes. off the bat. <laughs> Discussed up front and yes. agreed to up front mm-hmm. and, um, and on paper. So just a, yeah, something that, that I've thought about um, moving forward here. So let's dive into the early adopter conversation because I feel like that's at some point where we need to go here. Um, most of these markets, including SMC, you do need to make some sort of practice change in order to qualify to begin in that marketplace. There are a couple out there now that are, are accepting older practice changes, but that's a fairly complicated system. <clears throat> so. Do you want to speak to that, Clayton? Kind of talk a little bit about what's going on from there. Um, So early adopters, people who have been doing these practices um, in the past, they're doing the right things, they're doing this on their property, they're putting a lot of carbon in, they've been doing it for years. Right. Well, they hear these programs, they call, hey, I want to get in. I have to say, what's your practice change? what, What are you planning on doing? And they go through their list of things they're doing, and I go... Wow, you know that there's really not many ways you can change what you're doing. You're doing a lot of the stuff that that would generate credits. Um, so uh, we call those the early adopters, mm-hmm. um, and there there's a lot of farmers out there because um, doing that that type of stuff because like we were discussing, these aren't new practice change. You know these aren't new practices. They've been going on for a long time. So so with that being said, you know for our enrollment for this pilot, we have had. A lot of the people that are on our wait list that are approved right now, they've already been doing cover cropping. They've done reduced till of some sort um, and things like that already. Um, so, you know, they may not generate as large credit if they're just switching up their um, nutrient management or their crop rotation um, or things like that. Um, so that's, that's kind of on the early adopter side. Um, when it comes to the market of credits um, being generated, the the buyers don't right now there's they can't there's really no market for something that's already been done like adam was talking about you know these credits that are generated in 2021 people are very attracted to those because if they're offsetting their carbon footprint it's some it's a practice change that was done on the landscape that they know is taking carbon you know and putting it into the soil so that that's kind of the attraction of the practice change and it's really hard to get away from that since it's, since the, it's a market-driven yeah, space. Um, you you know, there's really not much of a market for something <laughs> yeah. that's already been there. Yeah. So that's the tough part to tell uh, tell everybody. And and the thing is that is being discussed very heavily. Almost every meeting I have attended, which is <laughs> seems like two a day uh, on carbon, uh, is is early adopters. You know, we don't want to create a place where we're in incentivizing producers to do negative land practices, um, land management practices, to get into a program because if the market goes really high, um, then then that may be. Which I I don't think a lot of people would. Um, but you know, just to be devil's advocate, there is that possibility sure. that you could go in and start tilling up all your soil and yep. and doing that stuff to to get into a program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, this all plays back into this market is driven. Um, the 
credits are generated in the ag space. The, the marketplaces um, contain very few people familiar with agriculture. Yes. The buyers contain very few people familiar with agriculture. They are interested in that practice change, obviously, because they want to feel good about what they're paying for moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think they fail to understand the landscape and societal benefits of what has happened over the last 20 years. Yep. And and that needs to be quantified and, and paid for at some level. At this point, I think the marketplace is struggling to find where that could be. Yep. And I know we wasn't going to get too too political here, <laughs> but, yourself, uh, Clayton. but there, I was speaking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a you know, uh, I think there's a good place for the federal government to come in there to maybe throw out payments to keep practices, um, and that that's something I've heard quite a bit as right. being yep. pushed for is, hey, if if you guys are wanting to get involved with this. Maybe we maybe we start paying the the people who've been doing these practices to right. keep that um, yes in that practice. Mm -hmm. um, so that 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 conversation's been sure. had a lot, um, and I think that would be a good good way to go there to kind of keep the early adopters doing what they're doing and reward them uh, for the the practice they're doing. For sure, I think we all right. understand, and that and that I think is the underlying concept of why these folks are the first to sign up or to try to sign up for some of these carbon programs because they drive around every day understanding the societal benefits that they're providing to everybody who lives there by the practices that they're enacting on their farm and they feel like it should be compensated and I don't disagree with that at all. I yeah. feel like they should be too. I think we're constantly searching for that vehicle to, to, to make that compensation um, whether that ends up being the some new private marketplace, whether that ends up being a USDA program, I think I think it, we're getting to the point now that um, something is on the horizon for that. Yes, yes. So. And there has been uh, we mentioned a little bit about um, a few of the carbon market um, places are are doing some of the early adopters. They're letting mm -hmm. them join right. um, in there. Um, Everything I've seen so far has been pretty low on their payments. Yep. I, I kind of feel like maybe less than what, you know, <laughs> around the $10 range yep. uh, and things like that. So that's that's where it's kind of like, well, I don't know at the moment if that's quite worth it. Um, but you don't know sure. um, where everything's going with it. But, but that is a big push. Uh, people are trying to de develop that and they're trying to get yep. that going for Absolutely. sure. So it's, it's out there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's... If it just keeps growing and growing, and, and I, there, there yeah. will be a place for it, hopefully. I think so. I think so. And it's not that the data, we can't go back and prove the credit. Um, we can, as long as we know what happened when and all those mm -hmm. kind of things, which typically, anymore we do, we keep very yeah. detailed records. So um, it's just the value of that credit on the marketplace. So yeah. did we cover that well enough? I think, I think so. so, yeah. Okay. I'm coming in from perspective of not knowing. That's I why I'm like judging. I, I feel like I learned something. Okay. So yes. <laughs> That's why I looked at Cameron when I said that because I was like, ah, did we cover that well enough? Um, let's hit real quick on, uh, as kind of wind this down, let's let's hit real quick on some of the livestock stuff. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a significant portion of Missouri that uh, contains, you know, more livestock production there is a, a way for that marketplace um, to participate and I think will continue to be significantly more ways for that 
<clears throat> those entities to participate in, in these carbon markets moving forward. You want to talk a little bit about that, or I? I um, yeah, um, and and that is something I'm lacking more um, on, on this side of it because I've been focused mostly on the row crop side of things. Sure. Um, but I know we mentioned ESMC because that's that's mm-hmm. kind of who we're working with, so I know more about that uh, yeah. program. Um, so they do have, uh, I think, ten pilots going on. Missouri being one of those pilots, um, the Missouri carbon, which we're doing row crop here in Missouri yeah. on mm-hmm. our pilot. Um, but there is grazing. Um, they are doing grazing um, pilot, and I don't know if that's out in Kansas. Um, or, they're, or They're covering our geography. Yeah, I think yeah. some of it, there's some out in Kansas. Um, and just back to our initial conversation, you know, we talked about the practices that have been proven to sequester more carbon into the soil. There are practices, grazing practices yes. typically, that are proven to, you know, it's it's right back to the whole photosynthesis versus respiration thing. The more the more plant growth we can get, the more plant root we can get in the ground during longer portions of the year, uh, the more carbon we're se- going to sequester, and that's quantifiable. Yes. So um, I think typically you're going to look at, you know, residual heights of, of grazing. You're going to look at, um, uh, you know, grazing animals versus confined animals. You're going to look at rotation species of grass maybe. I, I think there's yes. a there's a way to go there, and I and I think it's out there, and it's it's we're on the cusp mm-hmm. of, of getting there too. Yeah, so. and I don't think we ever mentioned either that uh, ESMC is doing a soft launch, uh, so they're not fully launching right. their their program until the fall of 2022. Yep, um, mm-hmm. is when they're they're launching it, um, their full launch. Correct. Um, so right now they're they're just doing what they call a soft launch with ten pilot um, programs across the nation um and they're they're probably going to keep adding a few pilots um as they keep moving forward with this but but that's what they're doing and some of the pilots are focused strictly on grazing yep some are strictly on real crop you know they got different things going on so yep um, just trying again trying to yes. gather that data to to quantify all those yep. practice changes yes so yep but so it's exciting stuff i think it's cool to think that in the future folks being able to earn carbon credits for you know, in installing some sort of rotational grazing system on their farm. I think yep. that's pretty exciting stuff. Yes, so, that's really exciting. Um, and and there's ways that, you know, like if this takes off, which it looks like it's going to, the carbon market meaning um, there, um, we, we didn't really talk too much about the, the stack credits, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of these practice changes that you're doing on your field, such as the, the no-till and, and uh nutrient management changes, stuff like that directly affects water quality. Absolutely. Um, and, and we all know that. There's all kinds of models out there already showing sure. this stuff. Um, so uh, they you can generate two credits for that same practice um, on your, your property. So you, you'll be generating a, a carbon credit and a water quality. So that's what we kind of mentioned to earlier in the, the, the show here about that. Um, you know, And if this really takes off, I feel like there's ways, that may be the new way to kind of look at you know, practice chain there, you know, there may be a, a market for, you know, all these things. There's a market already for water quality. There's a market for uh, carbon as that grows. There might, you know, that, that may be a good way to look at other things such as wildlife practices. Yep. Um, yep. Um, edge of field stuff and, and, sure. and all those stuff. So there, there's Absolutely. good ways to, to look at this and, and hopefully it can take off to where yeah we can be getting, yeah you know, I mean, there's paid for some of that stuff on their yeah. ground. Um, because from a corporation standpoint, there's good PR to be had there, right? Yes. It's like I, um, you know, I I paid some farmer in Missouri to to install 20 acres of wildlife habitat on his farm. Like, how is that not just kind of sunshine and rainbows for literally everybody involved? Yes. So I think 
Um, I think the prospect of that marketplace is there mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. So, anything else you want to cover? Uh, one thing I was just thinking of, um, you know, kind of the what to look for and what questions to might ask if, mm-hmm. if a producer is looking at this. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you might want to look at can you use uh, cost share programs to pay for the practice yep. change because some of them you can and some of them you can't. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So if you're putting if you're installing a cover crop and and reducing your tillage and stuff like that, if there's if there's cost share out there for that that you still qualify for, um, you you can get paid for that plus throw a carbon credit on top of it. So that's one thing to look at because some of those you can't and some you can. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's that. great, great point, Clayton. Yeah. Some of the marketplaces are interested in the thought process that drives you, the grower, to make the change on the farm. Yes. They're trying to capture that. And if if you're using cost share of any kind, government, federal government, state government, whatever, uh, cost share of any kind, then they cannot... Uh, claim that thought process change that you made mm-hmm. to to make that practice change because um, you know then it can be said that that cost share can drive is driving you to make the change not them so yeah. um, just something to clarify for sure yeah uh, and, yeah so that's something I, I if people call me I tell them to yeah. kind of look into um, because you know that makes a big difference absolutely on, on the the final price per acre you know if you look at it as a whole so yeah look into that for sure for sure cameron did we cover everything well i think so i mean i i think really kind of one thing that you know that boils down to is is ask questions on any of these programs and stuff is it sounds you know there's a lot of differences in terms of length there's practices that are changing you know you just need to ask questions and make sure you have an understanding of what maybe you're getting yourself into before you jump into, you know, whichever practice practice change you want to go to and whichever program you want to fall within. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, just having somebody that you can feel um, comfortable with. And I know that, you know, not to say, hey, people need to call Clayton or Adam more, but, you know, these guys are in that carbon credit realm. You know, they're having a lot more meetings and stuff, and I think – you know, they're somebody that would be willing to answer questions if you do have more questions on it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think we should, um, uh, you want to give that website again for, for signing up for the ESMC uh, pilot that we've kind of discussed a little bit here? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think it's www.mocarbonpilot.com mm-hmm. yep. is what it is. So, yep. Um, yep. And, um, and like, like Cameron said, um, Feel free to reach out to myself or Clayton or whatever, and always happy to, to answer questions on kind of what's going on in the marketplace and and all yeah. that. Um, I know on our, our website, which is going to be MissouriSoybean.org, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be working on um, uh, uh, pretty much questions and answers, uh, Q&A for carbon markets. Cool. Coming soon. Hopefully, we're going to try to get a little spot on there about carbon. So Yeah. People can kind of go to that website and click it and check it out and, and yeah. things like that. And, and I'm assuming we'll probably put that same thing on Missouri Corn uh, yeah. website as well. So okay. if you guys are familiar with those websites, be, for, be sure to check those out. So. Cool. Very good. Sounds good. Clayton, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I feel like we could record probably again 10 days from now and it, we might have a completely different story oh, yeah. to tell. But yeah. uh, as of today, but for today, I think we covered it well. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Thanks again for coming in, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for listening to Made for Agriculture. Email comments and questions to podcast at mfa-inc.com.